When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Omar Ahmed, IFL TV, MTK Global. We're at the airport, about to board our flight to London, joined by Ben Davison, uh, obviously involved in a very eventful light uh, last night uh, against Otto Wallin. We didn't expect that. Uh, just your thoughts on the fight, firstly? Yeah, obviously uh, everybody knows that there was a nasty cut um, early on in the fight, in round three, which obviously changed the pattern of the fight. But, you know, with scorecards of 10-2, 9-3, you know, can't really complain it was a clear win for Tyson um, sometimes sometimes you have to win ugly but it's important that you win on those nights when you face adversity and that's exactly what true champions do and that's exactly what Tyson done hmm. let's just uh, take sort of uh, our minds back to round one and two before the cut happened um, Tyson looked sluggish a little bit is that a fair comment Ben yeah, you know, I'm going to be completely honest where I knew in the change room that his feet weren't quite where they should have been for whatever reason. I have a couple of ideas why that was. Um, but I noticed that in the change room. If you notice uh, through the warm-ups, you can see at the start of the uh, warming up, we was focused on boxing, but I had a feeling that it was going to have to turn into a dogfight. It was going to be one of those nights and one of those performances. And we made the adjustment of warming up and uh, you could see that the warm-up adjusted to some more short-range, mid-range sort of uh, inside fighting stuff because, like I say, I felt that the fight was going to go that way. I just had a funny feeling. So, uh, good job that we prepared for it throughout camp. Never underestimated anyone. Um, prepared for any potential outcome. And, uh, like I say, good job we did because that was what was needed. Good job we had it in the locker. Yeah, then the, the whole turning point of the fight happened where the cut came into play and... Tyson had to change his style up. Um, she's struggling with vision, etc. Um, he's come under a bit of criticism because it wasn't the, the cleanest of performances. But I don't see why or how it can be a clean performance when you've got a massive cut effect in your vision. Yeah, usually people are used to a clean performance from Tyson, and I expected in the first five rounds Otto to maybe win a round, share a round, that sort of thing. But 
Um, I felt like Tyson was making him fall short. Just before the cut started, he started making him fall short, making him pay. Tyson just started finding his distance. Um, and even just after the cut, Tyson started landing some telling shots. But the cut worsened as the fight went on. At the beginning, I was uh, informed that it was through a clash of heads. Um, and then I was told in the, in the pre-fight <clears throat> meeting that they will be using instant replay. And obviously they used the instant replay to uh, determine that it was a punch, but I wasn't informed by that for a couple of rounds until ESPN's, um, ESPN informed me. So obviously then we had to make an adaption. I knew that I knew that we had to make an adaption for Tyson to close that distance up, keep a little bit closer and uh, use his size because obviously I didn't know how the fight was, uh, whether the fight would get called with the cup. And it was just about the right time for that because if it was too soon, I knew that a lot of rubbing of the heads, as you saw with Otto using the glove, could have made the cup worse up earlier on in the fight. And when the doctor went up to view it, I did say to him, look, Tyson's proved that he's got a heart of a warrior. Part of a lion is shown that and you should be giving him the bestest of chances to get through this and that's exactly what he did. Mid to late rounds Tyson really dominated, uh, was landing to the body uh, really well, caught Otto a few times uh, to the chin as well and kind of stunned him with that big right hand of Tyson's. Um, did you feel like he was going to get stopped? Uh... Well, the game plan was always, you know, like I said, I knew the first five rounds Otto would try to start fast. I knew that he'd ask some questions and try to match Tyson early, but I also knew that he would fade as the fight went on. So I did plan for Tyson to take over in the second half of the fight. Obviously, would like it to have been in, cl in a cleaner fashion, but with the cut, under the circumstances, it still happened. But like I said, it just wasn't as clean as people were used to. But he still showed that he's got a fantastic engine. Like you say, he hurt Otto a few times. Didn't manage to get the final shot in there to... To, to, to get the fight over and done with but you know Otto had a lot of uh, a lot of motivation in that fight you know he was fighting for God rest his soul his, uh, his father who sadly passed away and I'm sure his father would be very very proud of the performance that he put in but he showed uh, good toughness um, and he came to win you know but at the end of the day Tyson showed what true champions are supposed to show let this announcement go Cindy Wong, Cindy Wong, Cindy Wong, Yin Wonky, 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 the criticism perhaps if he hadn't been cut and they had that fight where they were exchanging quite a lot and and Tyson you know was trying to go on town uh, on town to, to Otto Wallin and you know he was getting caught a bit but as you said he had his vision impaired uh, he had to change his style up you had to adapt immediately with your instructions he had to adapt immediately in the ring the fact that he came through ended the fight won nine to ten rounds in most people's books uh, but he's still getting well not really getting much credit for that win of course people are used to a certain standard from Tyson which is good and which is expected and that's because he's such a good fighter but you know like I said sometimes you have to sometimes you have to win ugly and that's what true champions do that's what Tyson did he showed that he can uh, he's got that in the locker and he's shown that before you know Tyson it's not the first time Tyson's had to had to dig deep and turn it into trench warfare Cunningham fight yeah. Cunningham fight you know the Abel fight he, he exchanged a little bit and it was a little bit messy 
We've seen it before, you know, but when it matters, Tyson steps up, and that's what true champions do. He didn't set the world alight against Christian Hammond before he boxed Klitschko. He didn't set the world alight um, before Pianetta. Pianetta before he boxed Wilder before. <clears throat> um, so it's part and parcel of it, but like I say, true champions always get the job done. I had a feeling that the fight was going to go that way, and good job we prepared for in case it did go that way, because that's what happened. So well done to everybody uh, on that respect. Do you think you overtrained for the fight? But then, uh, saying that, Tyson actually had to bring out everything he could to to go to sort of the style there's he a, needed. There's so a slight, there, there, there is understanding of overtraining, not in terms of overtraining the training camp like it was too intense. You know, we have a nutritionist, we have a strength and conditioner, we check everything. I'm very big on overtraining, but he has trained non-stop for over two years now. Um, on top of that, he does a lot of dinner shows, so those things will take their toll. Something to address. Dress. There's a couple of other things that need addressing as well. Um, but it's, that that is a difficult one because you know his training is his medicine for his mental health. So you know, perhaps we need to find a balance there. But um, overall. Listen, a lot of fighters wouldn't have even got through that, let alone got through that winning a fight 10-2, 9-3, whatever people want to call it. So, uh, you know, it was a champion's performance. Last one on the fight itself, he got buzzed in the 12th round. Uh, what was going through your mind when that happened? Well, I'm really buzzed. I knew going into that last that he couldn't, he couldn't see fantastically. He was dabbing at the eye. I knew that, I knew that his vision was impaired and uh, he got clipped on a shot on the blind side uh, and a couple of shots. He changed his height, he didn't close the gap up which I asked him to do, but he changed his height because um, he couldn't see where the shots would come from. And smartly, he didn't try to smother somebody and fall into any shots because he couldn't see where Otto was. By this point, his face was painted red one side, um, so he engaged in a clinch when he could see and then just got through the round. You know, I, I told Tyson at that point, you just need to control the distance, see the rest of the round out, and that's what he did. Moving on from the fight itself, the whole boxing world is a uh talking about John Fury, um, made some comments on the BT broadcast. Uh, for people who haven't seen it, um, he said that basically Tyson needs to change his team up, uh, that you might cost uh, his, his son's career. What are your thoughts on his comments, Ben? Yeah, listen, I understand that emotions run high. Uh, John, he's not able, there, not able to be there to speak to Tyson, to see Tyson, to make sure that everything's okay. A lot of worries, I fully understand that from the parents' point of view. I think that the comments are wrong. I think that if you, you know, I'm not going to get in a back and forth. I love the family like like my own. Um, but there, are, you know, obviously there's a problem that needs addressing. I know that John has made a, made comments in the past as well before. But what you have to remember, which is quickly forgotten, is that you know, Tyson said himself, like he said and like he's previously said as well, that without this team. He potentially wouldn't, well, he wouldn't have a career and potentially wouldn't be alive today. And that's not just to his team, that's down to everybody, his family and everybody involved. But it's also partly to, down to his team as well. So uh, I think, it's, you know, you have to remember that. when you, I know that John was very annoyed and, it, uh, and a lot of this started when the Wilder fight was taken too soon. But I even said to yourself there that... I was against him taking that fight so soon. Who made the call then? Tyson made that call. Tyson made that call, he wanted to take that fight. I was against it, John was against it. Um, but, you know, I had to make a decision. Do I let Tyson go into that fight on his own or with somebody else that doesn't know him like I know him without, you know, the relationship and, and the coaching that relationship that we have? 
I didn't want to do that. And I've, you know, it paid dividends in the end, you know? And like I've said a million times, you know, one minute you're the best thing since sliced bread, next year, no good. Um, Tyson was supposed to get obliterated in that fight inside three rounds and wasn't supposed to stand a chance. And then all of a sudden, he does what he does and everybody expected it. And it was, you know, <laughs> you just can't win sometimes. But um, it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing. And like I say, maybe it needs addressing, but maybe it needs addressing in private. Okay. Just two points on, on, on John. Firstly, have you spoken to Tyson about this uh, this morning? Uh, I, I spoke to him last night about it, yeah. I spoke to him last night. But like I say, it's to stay... Uh, the conversation... There's obviously... Obviously... Uh, like I say, I understand John's stress and worries and emotions. And, uh, you know, as Tyson explained to me and as I explained to him, I completely understand that he's, you know, panicky and he's seen his son in a with a big gash over his eyes, not able to check that he's okay. And I know that Tyson's career means everything to John, so I fully understand from that point of view. I think that, you know, there's a time and a place, uh, though sometimes you just have to bite your tongue uh, in emotional moments because, you know, people can jump on the bandwagon, it can cause stress, you know. I know that, I know that he stressed Tyson out, he was obviously, you know, but like I say, listen, me and Tyson had a conversation, there's no problem there. We're on the same page, on the same level. Um, and like he said to me, you know, I wouldn't, potentially wouldn't be alive and wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for you. So, you know, he fully understands. Look at the performances that he's put in. Deontay Wilder performance and Tom Schwartz performance were exceptional, you know, and, and really have took his career to the next level. So, you know, you can't help what happened with the cup. Uh, you know, and it wasn't just a cut, it was a ridiculously nasty Two cut. cuts as well. Two cuts, a ridiculous cut. Um, that not only got through, got through well and won, and that's what matters. Bearing in mind the fact that you said that Tyson probably wouldn't be boxing again if it wasn't for you and the, the team you have around you. That's and, what he and, said, I can't make that. Yeah, no, that's, that's what Tyson, yeah. and possibly wouldn't even be alive uh, today. Where do you think these comments are coming from, from John? Why is he making these comments? Um, like I said, I know there was frustration going into the Deontay Wilder fight. I don't know if John thinks that, you know, I, I, I encouraged Tyson to take that fight, which I publicly come out and said that, you know, before the fight that I did and after the fight, I've also said the same, that I didn't want him to take that fight. But like I say, I completely understand that emotions run high. It's his son. I know that he loves his son, you know, to the end of the world and back. And he's a very passionate man. So, you know, uh, a conversation will take place. I'm sure that... Uh, everything will be okay. I, uh, you know, I, I don't want there to, you know, you got to understand as well. I don't, I don't want Tyson to feel in an uncomfortable position as well. So, you know, hopefully we can get uh, that resolved. Obviously, I'm bitterly disappointed because, you know, the whole, like I say, the whole family means a lot to me, um, and I feel like we've done a fantastic job with Tyson. You know, you got, you got to remember as well is I didn't pick up Tyson. You know, when I started working with Tyson, he was well out of shape. You know, from performance one to Deontay Wilder to Tom Schwartz and, you know, to show the engine that he showed last night. You know, it's uh, it's a shame of these things, but like I say, I think the conversations uh, based on this matter uh, and in detail need to stay as a close-knit, like we are, because we're a close-knit team and, you know, everybody's there for the right reasons, so I'm sure it'll get resolved.
On a slightly uh, lighter note, why does Bob Arum call you Dan? I have no idea, but Bob Arum is a legend, so he can call me Tom, Dick or Harry if he wants, no problem. <laughs> to be fair, Bob's been calling uh, a few people a lot worse things than Dan yeah. lately, so you'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Frank Warren called Andy Ruiz John Ruiz last night. Yeah, well. I know, I know. <laughs> um, firstly, I don't I have to have on that. <laughs> last night together but uh... well, well they were in Vegas <laughs> and work was done so uh, anyways um, firstly how's Isaac's hand and just secondly a word on his performance I know you weren't pleased yeah listen I, but I made no bones about it. I knew going into the fight and I made it very public that you know he, he had a, he had a tough tough weight cut he burnt the candle at both ends it wasn't a smart move it was gonna, always going to be a tough task um, unfortunately it wasn't to defend his title because you know I made the decision for him to come in that fight a couple of pound heavier not defend his title because you know I didn't want to take any more out of him and it proved to be the right decision because I think he struggled with what it was anyway so uh, it was a tough performance I also told him not to wear the gloves that he wore because he was going in there with a hand injury then broke his hand in the fight so obviously he was in hospital as well so two fights two wins but two hospital trips so it wasn't an ideal night but like I say listen when your fighters are having not their best nights but they're coming out with the wins that's what matters of course just closing off, we're expecting that Wilder rematch to happen. Of course, he's got to beat Ortiz first. Um, he's made some interesting comments uh, since the, the Wallin fight last night. Have you seen them? I haven't seen them, no. Uh, he's basically downplaying Tyson's performance, said it wasn't the best. Um, and the fact that the reason is because uh, of the fight they had and he kind of finishes fighters off physically and mentally. So it's, it's his, that's what the bronze bomber, bomber does. Uh, just thoughts on his comments. Um, well, listen, if he wants to underestimate Tyson, talk shit and not, uh, what he should be doing is going, do you know what, last time I didn't expect Tyson to turn up and do what he done, this time I'm going to overestimate him. But, if he wants to make the same mistake again, let him do it. Uh, but, like I say, listen, Tyson just needs a rest with that cut, he needs to heal, needs a bit of time to, to recover. Uh, take a bit of time out of the gym and obviously that cut is a very very serious cut you know um, so we're gonna have to have it assessed you know in brutally honest you can't go into fight like that wondering is this gonna open up on the first shot so uh, let's uh, let's just get the rest out of the way let that cut get healed and then we'll reassess but uh, listen like I said if Deontay Wilder wants to make the same mistake again then the definition of stupid is doing the same thing and expecting different result. Just leave it at that. Well, he kind of said before the first fight, oh, he's not ready for this, blah, blah, blah. But then after the fight, he said that was the best Tyson Fury there was. So. Yeah, so how can some... Listen, obviously people expected it was, thought it was too soon, but, you know, uh, Tyson went in there well, as best prepared as we could. Um, he also, you know, I think that, like I say, not blowing my own trumpet, but BT Sports done the thing about the, the, the corner work. You know, we went in there with the right tactics, right game plan, uh, Tyson was prepared properly. And, um, you know, one thing that you can't prepare for, which I can take no credit for, is what Tyson's got in there and down there. So, you know, you can't, uh, you can't train them. I can't offer him them. He's a special, special human being and he's shown it time and time again. 
And I think the people need to remember that. And if you don't know it, get to know it. All right, Ben Davison, thank you for keeping it real as always. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure in Vegas and uh, we'll see you back in the UK. Top man. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.